0: Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation.
1: I'm Damian. And I'm Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks
1: who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Aaron is up this week. What are you bringing to the table? I am bringing Crip Camp, an Oscar-nominated documentary, to the table. Uh, So this documentary um, is about the beginnings of the disability rights movement in the United States. Uh, And it starts with um, a camp uh, for kids with disabilities in upstate New York called Camp Gen Ed. Mm and they So they tell the story of the camp and what the camp meant to the campers um, and the staff and how the campers were able to um, just kind of be themselves there uh, in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, and then they follow the story of some of the campers and the staff, um, including Judy Heumann and uh, Jim Lebrecht, uh, as they continue their lives after being in the camp and go on to do um, activism and organizing work and all kinds of things that led to um like the ADA and, and yeah. different, different things that have changed um, what disability rights look like in the United States. Yeah, they really all of their work really sort of changed the game in that respect.
0: Uh, you know, I I really enjoyed this documentary. I I had not heard of it before you suggested it. Um, and I I mean, I guess I haven't really been paying attention to the offerings on Netflix lately, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, really heartfelt and informative and compelling. And so I'm definitely excited for us to talk about it today. Uh, And of course, my friends Barack and Michelle Obama are executive (laughs) producers of it. Uh, They are my friends in my mind. uh, (laughs) And that obviously meant we had to watch this. Um, So I think one of the reasons why this documentary was so compelling to me was actually in something that happened very early on in it it was a scene in like the very first few minutes where we see two campers at camp Jeanette, which as you mentioned is the summer camp that's featured uh, in this documentary. And they're talking and participating in an interview of sorts with one another. Mm-hmm. And the one camper asked the other, would you like to see handicapped people depicted as people? And the other camper replied, excuse me. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the question itself is clearly a joke, right? Like it, you know, they, That's, of course, what they want. And they were sort of laughing about it in the moment. But to me, that scene really set the stage for sort of the purpose and the goal of this documentary. I think it really set out to do two main things, in my opinion. One was to document and amplify the revolution and movement for equality that happened in this country uh, for and by folks with disabilities uh, from sort of the 1970s onward. And the other was to showcase really the lived experiences and the humanity of folks with disabilities in this country. Yeah. And I think this documentary accomplished that really well, mm-hmm. you know, especially as it relates to showing us the, the lives and humanities of folks with disabilities. We were we were really introduced to so many wonderful folks in this documentary, and they all shared their personal stories with us, right? Like from their childhoods and their upbringings to their work and, and educational experiences uh, to even their romantic encounters and, and really sort of everything in between. And we were also introduced to Camp Jeanette and mm-hmm. so many of the folks featured in the film went to Camp Jeanette and, and, and sort of, as you mentioned, really followed their story. Um, and, and, and it showed us, this documentary was so amazing in showing us how truly transformative that camp was to all, to all of them. And, and you, you, when you're watching, it, you can sort of see how and why that's the case. Um, and so to me, all of that was really powerful and is what made this documentary so, so beautiful. Um, you know, I truly believe that when we can be in touch with one another and hear each other's stories and see each other's humanity... Uh, that truly opens people's minds and hearts and can bring them to the work and the fight for, for social justice and and collective liberation. Um, and so I, you know, I think that's the power of a documentary like this. And so, you know, going back to that pseudo interview between those campers where the one camper asked, you know, would you like to see handicapped people depicted as people? You know, I think that really tells you what this documentary is all about. And, you know, similarly to some of the other documentaries that we've talked about here on the podcast, you know, I just, I feel enriched by meeting the folks that were featured in this documentary and, and learning from their journeys and their stories. And, you know, I was reminded of, and, and really learned a lot about the fight for equality and and justice for folks with disabilities in this country. So it was just, yeah, if you can't tell, I thought it was a fantastic documentary
1: yeah i think there are um the stories that are here are things that i didn't know about some of the stories are things i did just didn't know about um because i've grown up in almost an exclusively post uh ada world um americans with disability act um world and um and you know that hasn't addressed everything at at all there's still a lot of work to do um but it's changed a lot about the world around us. So there's this moment early on in the film where someone said that the local public school wouldn't let them attend because they couldn't walk. Um, and I I, audibly said, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And sort of like flipped out. And then I was like, oh, this this is the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> this is 30, 20-something years before uh, the ADA was passed. So I guess they could just do that mm-hmm. um they could just say no we the this isn't going to work out um and so that was um eye-opening from the beginning along with like the the story you shared about the interview yeah. uh, between the two campers yeah um so i that moment um is one of the things that made me realize how how and why this film is so important to have mm-hmm. um and it's also giving us perspective on the history of this movement and why it was so important. Um, And um, you know, disability rights movement is history that we, we don't learn. We're not taught. Um, It's ignored or, or, you know, pushed aside. Um, And so that's one of the things that I really loved about it is, is learning about the, the things that real people did um, to make, the material experiences of people better. Um, and this film tells, I'm sure not the whole story, right? but, but a lot of the pieces of that story. Um, and so I really, I really appreciated that part. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really sort of think about that, but you're right.
0: We, that's something that, you know, sort of this movement is something we're not really taught about in schools. Um, and it isn't something until maybe you, you, many of us aren't taught in schools. Right. But I, you know, I think back to my sort of college experience and even now sort of at the institution that I work at, right. Like there are courses in it. Um, but that's sort of at the post-secondary level. So yeah, I didn't think about that. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, sorry, one of the parts of the documentary that I, Really enjoyed was a scene that featured his name is Lionel J. Woodyard, and I'm sorry if I've mispronounced that. Um, but he was one of the counselors at Camp Jeanette. And to to give some context, Lionel is a black man from Alabama, mm-hmm. and I would imagine that he was probably in his 20s. Would you say uh, when he worked at Camp Jeanette? Sort of thinking about the images of yeah. him in the videos. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so in one of the scenes, Lionel is um, talking about his time at the camp and how he felt that there were so many connections and similarities between what it was like to be a black man growing up in the South and the experience of being a person with a disability in this country. Mm-hmm. He, he talked about how he and the other counselors would take the campers on offsite excursions and all of the awful things that people would say to the campers and the ways that they would look and stare at the kids and, you know, sort of his reactions to that. And he connected that to sort of this larger effort and labor that folks with disabilities have to do where they really had to be careful in navigating the obstacles of the world, uh, but also the ignorant people of the world. Yeah, And what was really amazing to me was hearing him talk about how he felt kinship with the campers, uh, in that regard. He, he did such a great job in sort of connecting those experiences to his lived experience of being a black man in this country and especially in the South. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly in terms of, as I think, as he puts it, um, having to navigate how you presented yourself and acted around white men and, how you had to be careful not to be disrespectful uh to white men and you know you and i have talked here about this added emotional and intellectual labor that black people have to do in this country right Mm -hmm. and so it was fascinating to hear from lionel and how he felt this real kinship with his campers and even more generally and broadly with people with disabilities and you know i think the other amazing thing about it was that Camp Jeanette really opened his eyes to all of that and to that realization. Like he talked about sort of like, um, I, and I may be mixing counselors here, but all of them sort of talked about the power of Camp Jeanette and some of them, you know, hadn't heard of it or it was just sort of a summer job for them. But, you know, it became this important part of their lives. And um, and mm-hmm. so it was Camp Jeanette that did this for Lionel. And so, you know, honestly, I just think that was just a really beautiful part of the documentary and a really beautiful story to me. And it, and it just connects so much to what we've talked about on this podcast and what's important to keep in mind in this work. You know, liberation is about all of us and none of us are free until we are all free, right? Yeah. And Lionel's revelation and ability to sort of see his experience as a black man with oppression and folks with disabilities experiences with oppression and how they're connected was just incredible and sort of a real world and, and
1: real life testimony and example of that. So I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's collective liberation, right? Yeah. Like he's connecting his experiences with oppression with theirs and seeing how they're interconnected, as you said. Absolutely. Um, and I think, um, you know, he the very different experiences and mm-hmm. the very different ways that those things show up felt the same um, because he witnessed it uh, when taking the campers off site. Right. Um, and I think, so yes, all of that. I think one of the other things I thought about was the, the way that later in the film, and we'll talk more about the sit in, in a minute, Mm -hmm, but the way that the, um, uh, they talk about how important the camp was to them, like at the sit in and other like movement thing, like activist things later. Um, was also super meaningful. Like they, they, they all just kind of knew, um, the people who had been to the camp had formed a really close bond and they were able to sort of bring more people into that bond to create these spaces for people to participate in that, in that movement work. Um, which is, I think really, a really cool way to see sort of learning translated. Mm, Um, yeah. And your experiences translate into other places. Um, So and build like sort of people building community in in one place and then sort of internalizing how to do that and then recreating it in other places. Right. Um. So I thought that was another cool thing about the 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 camp and what the camp meant to them. Um. And then the other piece of this that I thought was really powerful, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is the just seeing the kids get to be campers. They, They just got to be kids. Yes. Um. And do you know, teenager stuff. Um, So they talked about how some of them had their first kisses and romantic experiences and get to uh, play sports or games Mm -hmm. that back home, they wouldn't have been chosen for the team for. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and um, yeah. So, and they mentioned that, that they just get to be kids there. They don't have to um, uh, navigate like, you know, the dynamics of, of what, what their disability might be in the camp um in the same way um because the camp existed to make their experience like this full full full-fledged camper experience um and so you know and it was really moving to see how upset they were when they're leaving yeah like when camp they showed it i think uh for a little bit in the in the film that um just people upset having to leave camp um at the end of the summer um which was also so like those those whole pieces of seeing seeing them get to be full fully like kids and teenagers and all that and then how um you could just see how much it meant to them because as they're leaving they're just like really broken up about it yeah so i feel like that's powerful too and something i think we can all sort of connect to in some ways right yeah like
0: Like this powerful so many folks have gone to summer camps and had summer experiences right like that and so And it is, and it can be for so many of us like transformative, but yeah, there was something about this and the way that they documented it and showed it to us. That was really powerful and beautiful. And, and I, I want to say it was Jim, but you know, you talked about sort of, you know, what it mean, what it meant to them to leave and how upset they were. You know, one of them talked about sort of coming back home, right. And sort of feeling isolated again and, and not having that same community. And it took them, you know, weeks to sort of readjust back to life post the camp, um, And yeah, right. Like this idea of them just being able to be kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's something that everyone should be able to experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the 504 sit in. So I think we should talk about it. Um, You know, it was the 504 sit in was such a major part of this documentary. And so I'm glad that they, uh, you know, um, included that in this and, and really the 504 sit in, really speaks to the power of protest affecting real change, right? Mm-hmm. So for some context, if you haven't checked out this documentary yet, the 504 sit-in was this protest for disability rights that lasted about 25 days back in April of 1977. And it happened because people with disabilities and, and the broader disabled community and certainly the activists featured in this documentary and others were fed up with how long it was taking to sort of issue and enforce the regulations of section 504 of the rehabilitation act of 1973, which if you can do the math there had been <laughs> passed four years prior. Right. And mm-hmm. so they, you know, have been advocating and, and fighting for this for four years and it just had enough. Right. And so what this documentary shows us is the sort of, it shows us various demonstrations and sit-ins at uh, so many of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare offices across the country. But this documentary specifically shows us and focuses on the one that took place in San Francisco that was planned by Judy Human, who you referenced, mm-hmm. um, along with some other great folks, Kitty Cohn and Mary Jane Owen, um, which this one in San Francisco happened to be pretty much the most successful of the sit-ins um, and had over 150 people participate in it. Yep, And... They went through a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the FBI turned off their phones to the building. Uh, the The building turned off, turned off the hot water. You know, they had to figure out how to survive in the building in sort of creative ways, given their disabilities around how to sleep and and take care of themselves. Um, and and certainly, we see that this protest, after twenty five grueling days, you know, worked and and they won, which mm-hmm. is just amazing like it was such it was so incredible to see and and you know you just mentioned collective liberation i think there's so much we learn about their experience at the sit-in that connects to collective
1: liberation right yeah there's so much external support in that protest they had um support from some individual like city employees Mm -hmm. um i think the mayor of san francisco showed up to so show some support um And then they also talked about a few different stories of um, different kind of entities in the Bay Area coming to help out. Mm -hmm. So um, there was what they called a lesbian bar. Um, Some employees from a lesbian bar showed up and helped people wash their hair because they hadn't been able to do that. Um, So they, you know, went out and bought some some shampoo for people and they just got to do that, which is, um, you know, they talk about how. Meaningful and helpful that was because they just didn't have to feel dirty, right? Right. Um, being there for so long and not having access to hot water and different things, um, and then they had a local chapter of the Black Panthers show up and serve them a hot meal, and provide food for food for breakfast and lunch every day. Yes. Um, and so, uh, and the you know uh, one of the the people who were there, um, asked like the Panthers, they're like, hey, why why are you why are you here? Mm-hmm. Um, and the the Panther that this person was talking to said, well, you all are trying to change the world and for for the better. And that's what we're about. Wasn't that beautiful? Um, that's yeah. exactly what he said,
0: sort of word for word. And I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we you know, we want to make sure you're fed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and they did that. Um, so, yeah, all this cross community support, I thought was huge. Yeah. Um, And it shows how much this demonstration held meaning to people locally um, and nationally, whether that you were connected to like disability rights and the enforcement of Section 504 or not, um, you know, directly or indirectly or or however. um, It was a direct attempt to try to make the world a better place for all people. Yes. Um, And I think that that set the stage for people to push for the ADA in Mm. the late 80s, which was signed into law in 1990. Um, So this huge radical moment for this movement, um, you know, I think it shows what successful strategy can look like and and what solidarity can look like across different movements. Um, You know, if if you feel like you're not connected to something, how can you support the people who are doing that um, and and help them continue to do what it is that they need to do? Right. Um, And I thought that showed that there were a lot of examples
0: of that in this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked so much about you know, this idea of intersectionality, uh, right? And I think that there's a connection there for, you know, when you see folks suffering, right? And you see that this community, uh, while it may be very different from me in some respects, when you look in the room, there's people that still look like me, right? And Mm -hmm, they are mm -hmm. experiencing trauma, right? And this country is not treating them well, right? And so what can we do? And this is what the Black Panthers and that lesbian bar and, uh, you know, all the all the various sort of entities, if you will, that supported them sort of saw and said, no, we're going to help them. Yeah. And that was really sort of a powerful lesson or, or sort of part of this of this documentary. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was based on stuff that the the demonstrators, the protesters said that they needed to yes. write. Like it wasn't just um, outside groups guessing. Yeah. It was You know, what do you need? And, and them responding to that call for a need. Um. Yeah. So, speaking a little bit about strategy, which we talked about there with that that protest, um, let's shift into talking about application. Okay. Um. So, I think this documentary shows us a lot about what radical activism can do. Yeah. Um. You know, I think there are lots of these kinds of lessons throughout history. Um, including more recently some disability activists taking over Mitch McConnell's office in 2017. Uh-huh. I think seeing these activists shutting down a local federal office, a local for them federal office in San Francisco in the pursuit of enforcement of a non-discrimination clause um, that had already been signed into law but wasn't being enforced, um, it's an amazing blueprint for us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I also like mentioned, it's also this really great Uh, example of solidarity where Mm -hmm. people can come together to support the the moment um even if they aren't don't feel like they're directly involved yeah um right and so um how can we help continue to make it happen for for folks um right the so the other piece of that i think is the organization and planning and support that went into it from uh judy human and the other folks uh involved i think who are working with her that's also amazing like just to have the continual presence like yes. and they stayed there for 25 days and yep. they didn't have access to the things that they normally had access to like you know beds right um, and some people had um um like helpers like that right. they didn't have access to and weren't there with them so there, there's all these extra layers of um sort of I guess discomfort Mm -hmm. in the, in the direct action there too, that um, like all of that and helping to organize and keep people's momentum going and motivation going um, for that, I think is um, like uh, amazing and and a really great blueprint for how we can continue to do stuff like this to push for changes yeah absolutely you know it was yeah
0: it was fascinating some of the the folks that were at that sit-in right you mentioned you know many of them some of them had helpers right who couldn't be there right and so it was also really inspiring to see how they sort of pitch in and help one another it's like what do you need how can i help you you know how can i help you take care of yourself um how can i take care of you um but right you also mentioned sort of the the sustained effort that it took and it's particularly for the leaders right you know i you know we we also sort of get to see the the resolution of this 504 sit-in and and part of that is you know this sort of um um hearing if you will that takes place and and you see judy there and she has got her demands right and she is speaking for the the folks there and for the larger movement and i i i don't know how she held it together as long as she did right but you know um you know she stays sort of resolute in Um, what they were demanding, right? And what was important to her. And she, I think she felt this tremendous pressure because she was the one saying, just one more day, give me one more day, right? Mm -hmm. To Uh, everybody there, yeah. To everybody there. Keeping people going, yeah. Right, and so when you get that moment to sit at the table, right, and and Mm -hmm. sort of make those demands, right, you could see the pressure uh, that she was feeling. And so that was another piece about the second matter that was um, really powerful and and I think speaks to sort of your point about um, what radical activism you know, can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about application, I think there are a couple of pieces that I want to highlight. I think one is really the importance of understanding disability. And and by that, I mean, I think this documentary did a really wonderful job of, of showcasing a diverse range of folks with various types of disabilities. And I think it's important that people are knowledgeable about the fact that folks experience and live with cognitive and developmental and physical and mental and sensory and, 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 and also invisible disabilities. Yeah. You know, that was one of the points that a couple of the campers made um, when they were at Camp Jeanette and said that they were f- reflecting on their experiences and also what some of the um, disability activists had had mentioned sort of in their work. Um, and so I think it's Im- both important to sort of know and understand that, and uh, keep that in the forefront of our minds and our and our work um, as we think about intersectionality. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as we've talked about here on the podcast, and and as we work to make this a more just society for all of us. Yeah. Um, and I think, relatedly, you know, a, a second piece of application of this documentary, and and I don't know. This may be more of a statement, but I'm I'm going with it is the fact that we are all human beings. You mm-hmm. know, I talked in the in our very first episode when we shared pieces of our own identity um, about the fact that ability and disability is an important dimension of diversity to me. You know, I, I've had and have very important people in my life with disabilities. And I also have friends and acquaintances and, and coworkers uh, with disabilities. And so it's always something that i'm thinking about and and sort of conscious of in in everyday life and and i think maybe that's a big reason why i'm sort of compelled by documentaries like this one yeah because we get to see real people and we get to see their humanity and their stories and i don't know i think you'd have to be a robot or, or just heartless to some degree not to want our society to be a better place for all of us for the people who are featured in documentaries like this but generally just for all of us
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think throughout this documentary, they did a pretty great job at showing the full humanity of folks mm-hmm. who were there, um, you know, from back in the camp, uh, as I mentioned, through to the end where they bring a few of the people back. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm guessing just a few years ago, back together at the site of Camp Gened, um, which is going undergoing some construction or something. But they were telling this larger story about the movement through like the lives of, of these people and the, and the camp. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it wasn't, it, it felt like a full portrait, uh, in a lot of ways, which I don't think, it, you know, it was a two hour lesson two hour documentary. Right. Like it definitely wasn't that, but it, it was, it, yeah, it felt very much. So like a, a bigger picture and we got to see people and see, see and hear their stories. Um, at least some of their stories. Absolutely. Right? Um, all right. So let's talk about homework. One of the first things that comes to mind is actually, I think building on what you were talking about, of like trying to understand, uh, disability. Um, and I think for me, that's doing some personal reflection. Um, because I think that we always have places where we can continue to unpack, um, attitudes and assumptions and biases that we might have in us. Um, but particularly when, when we think about people with disabilities. Um, so I think if if you know, I think, we all have to do this work um, and think about, you know, what are the physical disabilities, chronic illnesses, intellectual disabilities? What are my sort of biases or assumptions about what those things mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's not a, uh, an exhaustive list. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's way easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, I think back to some of the places I felt maybe uncomfortable in the documentary. Um with different pieces of people's like experiences um, and reflect on why that might be and how I can sort of try to ease that discomfort maybe and place, yeah. replace it with a little um, with some empathy and some love. Um, yeah. Cause I think that that's, um, I, I, that's important work to do because being uncomfortable is not um, going to make me be a better like sort of accomplice or ally or, or like um, supporter of a movement no matter what it is right yeah Um, but including like obviously talking right now about disability right i appreciate that uh because i think there were
0: and i didn't sort of think about this i know i sort of mentioned that in application but the sort of um that personal homework and piece around what we can do to unpack some of the biases that we have and 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 i i especially appreciate that you name that you had moments where you felt uncomfortable because you know if i if i am gonna be transparent and honest, I I did too. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and even as I just said to uh you that um you know this sort of dimension of diversity is something that I've always thought about and been conscious of and, and is important to me. It doesn't mean that I'm void of of right. those biases. Right. And so I I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um I think for me, Judy Human is a superhero. (laughs) Uh, You know, it was incredible to to learn so much about her in this documentary and the major role that she played uh, as a disability rights activist. You know, I was certainly aware of her, but not sort of aware of the breadth and depth of her activism and her impact. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this documentary, we got to see so much of the incredible work she did and the role she played in the the 504 sit-in and we got to see her work with the Center for Independent Living in California. Um, we learned about um, her great work um, that she did to found the Disabled in Action organization, which uh, focuses on securing the protection of people with disabilities under the civil rights laws, um, and does that sort of through political protest. and And there's just there's so much more and 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 that she's done and there are other incredible folks and activists featured in this documentary. And it just made me think that there's probably so much more than I can learn. And you just talked about this a little bit, Mm -hmm. right. But, and you know, and I'm hoping others can too about generally the sort of the fight for disability rights in this country. We can learn more about all the folks who were and are involved. um, And about where we as a country and society sort of need to go, I think. Um, So there's certainly some education there and I think we can all, you know do that work and, and benefit from it but it also stuck with me what someone said toward the end of the documentary and i and i'm sorry that i can't think about who that is right now uh but that was that even though they had secured a huge victory after the 504 sit-in there was and is still a need to change society's attitudes towards folks with disabilities yeah and, you know, that's that hearts and minds piece that I talked about earlier and I've talked about in previous episodes, too. Um, and so all of that, I think, is good homework for all of us to do.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the moment you're thinking of is Judy. It was is a Judy. Uh, w- one of the moments that I'm thinking of connected to that is that Judy Human said in a panel um, between the 504 enforcement and between. ADA somewhere in the years between there um, that she is just sick of being grateful for bathrooms. Oh my God. Right. Yes. Like, and I think that that connects to what you're saying is like, it's, it's not just like, you know, yeah, we, we wanted, and we needed accessible bathrooms mm-hmm. in places and there are, there's all this other stuff that we also want and we need. Um, and yeah, so I, I think yes 100% and that's what sort of made me think about like how do I unpack my own stuff around this Um, at least start to um, right Like we need policy Mm. change and we need heart and we need hearts and minds to change yes Um, we can't just change systems without our own collective personal changes yes Um, yeah. So, yeah, this has been this has been a great uh, documentary to watch. Uh, highly recommend it. Highly recommend, highly it, recommend folks. it, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, again, shout out to, to Barack and Michelle, because yeah. my friends. Yes, your <laughs> friends, your friends. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Damien, you're up next week. Uh, I believe you're going to consult with your friends and bring something to the table for us. <laughs> uh,
0: not this time, I think. Okay. But, all right. you know, I think we don't usually bring documentaries back to back. Um For the folks who've been listening from the beginning, shout out to you. We appreciate you. Um, We don't typically do this, but we've had this one on our list for a while. And we knew that we had talked about how we wanted to bring this one to the table in the month of April. And so I'm bringing this documentary called Baltimore Rising to the table next week. And it's out on HBO, so you can check it out there. And the reason we wanted to talk about it this month is because it's about Freddie Gray. And as I'm sure folks are familiar, I hope you are, Freddie Gray was arrested by the Baltimore Police Department on April 12th of 2015, and suffered a spinal cord injury while in their custody. And then he died seven days later uh, on April 19th. And so, you know, this documentary follows activists and Baltimore police officers and community leaders in the wake of his death uh, in police custody. And sort of showcases us, shows us, I should say, um, much of the sort of activism and the work and the the uprising and everything that happened as a result um, of, of Freddie's death uh, by Baltimore police officers. And um, I think this episode is actually going to sort of air in between that, uh, in between those dates that I mentioned. And so. Um, I saw it on our list and I remembered we wanted to talk about it in April and it's important to us. And, um, it's, I, I, this documentary actually came out back in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, but neither of us have watched it. Um, and so we are excited to to watch it and and talk about it here on the show next week.
1: Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that conversation about the uprisings cause I remember them. Remember yeah. them. So, um, Yeah. So we want to thank you for joining us and listening to Interdependent Study. You know uh, what I'm going to ask you to do here. But in case you forgot, uh, please subscribe, leave a rating and review, uh, share our podcast, and of course, follow us on social media. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for listening
0: to Interdependent Study. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week.